Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Sound. I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the deck. And welcome to episode 239 of the Kaiju Cast, a podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle, and this is the, oh yeah, very late first episode of July 2018. But you know what, Clancy? What is that you want to say, Kyle? <laughs> we have a pretty good excuse because we were at G-Fest this last week, and man, I didn't want to do anything else except prep for G-Fest before G-Fest. Uh, what is G-Fest, Clancy Peterson, who is my co-host for this evening and also went to G-Fest with me? Uh, I believe it is a massive gathering of all the folks from around the world who want to just get together and party and celebrate Godzilla, Tokusatsu, and pretty much anything that falls into that category. Pretty much everything we're about here at the Kaiju Cast. We just wanted to do a little wrap-up, talk a little bit about our experience at the 2018 G-Fest 25, actually, which it's so crazy to me that they're on 25 years, but it makes sense because I remember looking in G-Fest in 1996, the year I moved out here, and I remember because I was driving from uh, basically Savannah, Georgia, all the way to Portland, Oregon, I was like, ooh, if I take this route <laughs> using a triple-A triptych, not, <laughs> not Google Maps, kids, uh, I was like, if I take this route, I can actually go through Chicago. And man, maybe I can actually go to that G-Fest thing. But no, it wasn't in the cards. Uh, I had to wait another three years before I went. 1999. The year is 1999. I would play that right now, but I just played that on an episode or two ago. <laughs> uh, so, G-Fest. Let's talk about G-Fest. As Clancy mentioned, G-Fest is the annual gathering of the kaiju nerds that happens every year, which would be annually, uh, in Chicago, Illinois. And man, it is a fun, fun time. This is your second time going or your third? Third. Third time. So the first time, were you on the kaiju cast already? Um, I don't know if I'd even done an episode yet. Okay. It might have been, I think my first episode might have been like right after we got back from that. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, third G-Fest in. Uh, let's talk about your first day. Actually, did you get there on Thursday? We, that's right, we both got there the same day. <laughs> I was going to say, I hope you remember, because we took the <laughs> shuttle over together. Well, we also <laughs> took, the, we also left Portland, we each left Portland at about 7 a.m., Yeah, and we each got there at about 1 p.m., but you were on a completely different flight than I was, mm-hmm. which is, I'm sure, super interesting to the listeners. But yeah, we took the shuttle in together, and I remember John Bellotti was on the shuttle, and Dope Pope, the other, the sort of 3D artist, he was on there. And yeah. then we met a guy, I want to say his name is Colton, from North Carolina. Anyway, it was like, as soon as we got on that shuttle, people were there for G-Fest. Yeah, and my three years going... Um because I've always come in that day on Thursday, and I think that was the 
the, the mo- I mean, it wasn't packed, but it was definitely the most people on a shuttle that I've experienced. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, yeah, right from the get go, let's start nerding out. I feel like I've been on the shuttles when they've been a little chatty. Yeah. But like I know John Bellotti and uh, oh Nick Cloutier from Dojo Studios mm-hmm. was also there and he and I already had plans to work together during this G-Fest yeah. so it was kind of cool to just be like hey what's up <laughs> plus I saw everybody getting on the on the uh, shuttle while I was waiting for Clancy and I was sitting there going like oh man if Clancy walks in the door any minute now we're gonna be able to get on this shuttle and not have to wait for a little while and he made it we made it <laughs> But yeah, it was uh, it, it was like a perfect kickoff to G Fest. Is like, hey, not only are you in Chicago, get on the bus. This is the Godzilla bus. We're talking about giant monster yeah. movies all the way in that uh, what five ten minute ride or whatever to the hotel. What did you do the first day? We hung out for a little bit, but then we ended up splitting up for after dinner, right? Yeah. Well, actually, before that, even. Um... I don't even know if we had like a drink first or something. Oh, like we that. went to the yeah, we did. We went to the Caddyshack. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Did we? We yeah, and had we went lunch. with Dell. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. we met up with our buddy Dell, who um, I've known since oh man, forever now. I feel like since uh, at least since I went down to San Francisco for the Fear Festival. Actually, I've been to Japan with Dell. So you and me and Dell went to the brand new Caddyshack restaurant at the Rosemont yeah. or the Crown Plaza O'Hare. Which was interesting, the, this new fangled restaurant. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, I thought it was okay. I went there a surprising amount of times because it was easy access to beer. Yeah. And I mean, I, yeah, I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. it uh, it was nice and cool in there compared to the sweat lodge. True. Uh, true. That was the one thing it had going for it, I think. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, if I was going to design a restaurant for the one of the greatest comedies ever made, which is Caddyshack. <laughs> I would have done a lot, lot better of a job, but it's, it's not horrible. It's a nice place to duck into and yeah. catch. Them I think the only them. reason I even bring it up is because a it's new. So if somebody has been to G fest before and that they didn't go this year, yeah. they might not be expecting it. And B they, when it just opened, right? Like a couple of months ago, yeah, not there was sort ago. of like a big hubbub about it. A little bit of a hubbub within the Godzilla community, I guess, just because it's like, hey, this is a G-Fest. But, you know, I definitely prefer the visibility bar. The people that work at the visibility bar are awesome. Oh, yeah. And the same bartenders always. I mean, I know they've been there even longer than I've been going. But. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. And they all they they uh, I think they love us. They like to, you know, gently rib us every once in a while. <laughs> but it's a it's a lot of fun to just go and hang out at the bar and. uh if if it wasn't so muggy. But we'll talk about the mugginess, I'm sure, much later, if not throughout the entire program. Uh, yeah, because after that place, I went and met up with some people, and that's when we split up. Yeah, although, well, first I'll say, yeah, we did a bit of walking around, which is was kind of fun, just checking out all the dealers setting up and people coming into the convention, and you're saying hello to everyone. We did kind of split up, but then we actually did wind up in the same spot because That's right. I ran into you into the um, the pizza place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, a couple of listeners that I actually met the first time, uh, Ken and Andrew, um, invited me out at some point between dinner and Caddyshacks, mm-hmm. I, and which is this is definitely one. It was amazing that they let me be part of something that's a tradition for them. They always go get deep dish oh, cool. pizza. Nice. 
Yeah, and um, shared a meal with me, bought a meal for me. And I just got to nerd out about all things Godzilla, Star Trek, just fun night. Um, Those that, guys are awesome. Yeah, yeah. and uh, pretty much that pizza place is a Giordano's. Yeah, it's Giordano's. It's just yeah. packed full of <laughs> every table. It's like, oh, I know that guy. I know that guy. Again. Yeah. But uh, yeah. It's also packed, too. Yeah. They were super busy when we were there. I ended up going with a whole bunch of toy collectors because, you know, one of my friends is like, hey, let's do this. And then some <laughs> other people are like, oh, yeah, we want to do that, too. Yeah. And then it just... <laughs> It be it snowballs, and the next thing we know, we're like, "Yeah, table for fifty five, please." Yeah. <laughs> That's an exaggeration. It was more like twelve. It's just still a ton of people. Yeah. And when we sat down, they were like, "It's an hour and a half before you're gonna get your pizza." Did it actually take that long? It did. No, it actually, I think it may have taken longer. But <laughs> lucky for me, I was already full of Caddyshack food. I didn't even eat an entire slice of that pizza. Yeah, I mean for. I had one. Yeah. And for listeners that don't know, the Chicago deep dish pizza takes quite a while to cook because it's essentially just a sauce pie, it's cheese a, pie. A sauce cheese pie. I mean, pie. I guess it's pizza. <laughs> I mean, it, it's awesome. I think but it I'm depends a... on who you ask, right? Because I think there was a, there are entire comedy bits based on if Chicago deep dish pizza is pizza or not. Exactly. Um, no, it's enjoyable, but I'm definitely a thin crust guy. And... <laughs> Yeah, I think if you ask some of those New York guys, they might oh you know, yeah, yeah have something to say about Chicago. Yeah, they might get loud. They might get loud. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's awesome and just basically the. I think we said this last time we talked about G Fest. One of the best things about G Fest is the fans being there. You're a fan. I'm a fan. They're all fans. And when we get together, we nerd about we nerd out about Godzilla, and then peppered in between that is all stuff about our lives and all that. So you know, it's just a basically huge friend kaiju fiend slash friend convention for me yeah I, and really like what i've noticed and i the more and more that i go mm-hmm. it, like you start out you go that first year you don't really know anybody um and you're going to the panels and uh it's still an amazing time i think even if you're going to go by yourself you got to do it the first time and it might not you know you might be nervous about going out yeah um but what I've noticed that like every year, it's just like not only it gets to the point where you have to say no sometimes because you're just like yeah. so many people that you're running into where you're like, oh, I want to hang out with all of you. But it just becomes more and more family like and more and more of just why are you going to this? Because one, I love Godzilla, but I want to see all of my friends all over the world. Oh, yeah. In one place. And then you know, that everybody knows your name, uh, cheers <laughs> mentality, but it's like everywhere I went, you know, you're running into someone where you're like, Oh man, it's so awesome to see you. Yeah. That's like, honestly, that's really, it's what I've come to love the most about that. I come from a different perspective because I also get, yep. you know, all these awesome opportunities to like hang out with the guests a little bit or interview them for the podcast or run panels or so forth. So for me, I mean, that's also a huge part of it. And also the Kaiju cast for me is because it's such a huge part of my life. That's also a component of why I go to G-Fest. But I don't know. I just it has become a tradition for me because of the family, really, like the family feeling. I've been to conventions where I leave the convention and I'm like, oh, my God, that was so fun. (laughs) I'm totally coming back next year. You guys don't. I'm going to book my room. Don't you stop me. I'm going to do it. And then. Uh, a month and a half goes by and I go, eh, I don't know. I mean, it was great and everything. And then 
I'm thinking of Dragon Con. Have you ever heard that of that convention? I know the name. I've, yeah, Dra- I've never been to it. It's in Atlanta, and it's huge. It's a like crazy huge costuming sci-fi convention. Uh, because I was in the 501st, a lot of people from the 501st yeah. go. And so I went one year, and I actually probably got more drunk in one night at Dragon Con than, <laughs> <laughs> like... I've ever been in my entire life, and that includes my early drinking years when I didn't understand how to do it. So <laughs> uh, it was it was a bunch of drunken debauchery. Not the same with G Fest. Sure, there's a lot of drinking. There's a lot of fun. We had a lot of we had a blast out on the patio a couple of nights in a row. But uh, it's definitely more of a family friendly event all around. Uh, what? Let's see. What else did you do Thursday? What did you do after dinner? Um. I found myself wandering back to the hotel. I mean, actually, they drove me back to the hotel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so I got back to the hotel, and actually, like I said, I just started running into more people. Um, But specifically, I think that, I believe that's when I started running into some of our friends that we made down in Monster Palooza, because I ran into, um, at some point, I ran into Henry, um, who we met at the listener party at Monster Palooza. Um, he does a lot of, uh, well, he does a lot of cool stuff, but he, he's been, he's been hanging out in America for a little while because he's from, he lives in Korea, but he, uh, he's been sort of on a crazy U S tour. So I, I believe he swung by, but then one that we can talk about now or further on, um, Andrew and his dad, Richie, I think I ran into them at the visibility bar as soon as I got back and he was at monster palooza running around in the Mechanicong suit. Yes, and he was, yes. Again, if you were at G-Fest and you're listening to this, he was doing the same thing. But this time, Richie, his father, showed up um, yeah. doing Doctor Who. So and good. it was so yeah, It was amazing. But yeah, I, I caught up with those guys, and we had a few more drinks at the bar, and we're just... I basically said to them at some point, I'm like, dude, it is Thursday night, and this feels like last night G-Fest, like satisfied full day event and and the convention hadn't even started yet. That's awesome. So yeah, it was a good time. I also saw Henry. He was actually one of the first people I saw. Cause I think like, I think I was like literally going from the hotel elevator to the lobby to meet up with somebody. And there's Henry walking <laughs> in that corridor and I'm like, what's up dude. <laughs> so that was cool. I mean, obviously. And then I met up with my buddy, David at Dopco. Uh, and then saw John Bumpus from Screonk.com and our buddy James Hartman. But and that's that's when I ended up sort of connecting with them. We went to the dealer's room, saw all that stuff. I'm trying to think of who else. You know, if I try and think of every single person I saw during the weekend, we are going to have yeah. a really long episode, uh, which is going to be filled with so many uh, pauses that I'm not <laughs> going to do that. So, you know, if I saw you there... We loved you. So let's go ahead and move on. <laughs> Friday. Because I think we both just ended up hanging out and doing stuff on Thursday night. Friday, day one of the convention. What's the first thing that Clancy did? I went over and had some breakfast. <laughs> yeah. But I won't spend too much time on that. Um, but yeah, the Bacon first and eggs and I feel <laughs> like the first thing I did was, other than probably running into more people, was that panel with Marase. Oh, sure. Wasn't yeah, that, yeah. that was at, at that 11? was noon, noon. I don't know why I dragged that oon out, but yeah, it's <laughs> noon on Friday. Yeah. 
I remember because I was like prepping beforehand. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to get breakfast and then I'm going to go back to my room and I'm going to sweat in my room while I write some notes about Morase's life. Uh, that was one of those. And I've spoke about these moments before, like when we were in Japan and whatnot. But I always have those moments where I'm just sitting there enjoying a panel. And then I just like start thinking a little too, too much about what's going on, which is fine. Um, but I just had that moment where I was watching him speak. And then I just start thinking about the fact that here I am sitting in Chicago with all these fans. The room was packed. It was in the dojo studios, which is where they do all these like special effects, costuming things going on. Yeah. Dojo studios. We'll have to describe that in more detail later. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, and then just realize you're like, there is a, you know, the Showa actor, suit maker sitting up there looking like he's having an amazing time talking about his life and just realizing that I'm getting the opportunity to like, just see this happening. Um, and as, especially as these guys get older. Oh yeah. You, know, absolutely. you just really appreciate the fact that that's what's going on. Totally. Yeah. While you're sitting there. Um, but, uh, but even aside from just that moment that I was thinking about that stuff, it's just like, he was just telling some great stories about, you know, in person that, we don't necessarily always get because of that language barrier. Yeah. Even just like having, cause I have his book, right? I have mm. it, but it is a picture book. So it's fantastic. It's full of photos. There's a little bit of text in there that I think I can read, but for the most part, it's just completely just a picture book to me, Yeah, you know? So hearing him and I did some research obviously, but hearing him actually tell the stories and, yeah, and then having Robert Scott Field there, Android M11, to do the translation for me uh, was just priceless. And honestly, some of these uh, actually, I don't know if the li- the listeners know this. This is the first time I have never taken audio equipment to G Fest since I started doing the podcast. I completely let those interviews and the the audio qual the audio content within. I let that rest in somebody else's hands. <laughs> so uh, I have good news to report. They all sound completely usable. So <laughs> that's a good thing. But yeah, so anyway, the interview is going to be up on the Kaiju cast and then Dojo Studios. They're going to actually post video of that interview and that panel on their YouTube channel as well. Nice. So we're going to sort of coincide that together and launch them at the same time. But uh, I mentioned having Marase's book. Hearing him talk about the stuff that I see in that book, it helped bring that all of that stuff to life to me. Yeah. Was this his first G-Fest? Yeah, this is definitely his first G-Fest. In fact, as far as I know, he's only been to one other U.S. show, and that was that Monster Palooza. Hmm. Yeah. And I was there. Oh, man. That was a Monster Palooza where they had Haru Nakajima, hmm. Linda Miller... Keizo Murase, Shinichi Wakasa, and the I think that may have been the first year M1 was in town mm. or at the show. Yeah. Essentially, I got there. That was the day that I didn't go on opening night. <laughs> and so I show up Saturday and I'm like, hey, I want to record some interviews. Wow, I want to interview all of these people. <laughs> and there was just no way. And then yeah. what ended up happening is I didn't get any interviews at all. So I kind of left especially because of Morase, I left that Monster Palooza a little bit brokenhearted because I knew how important this guy is. Yeah. And I'm not going to say that it's because of me, 
because that would be incredibly big headed of me. But I totally mentioned to Tim earlier this year or last year, I was like, G-Fest has to get this guy. I think it was after we had some of those Showa era veterans die. You know, I was like, I don't want this to happen anymore. I don't want somebody to die off and have all the Kaiju fans sitting there going like, oh, if only we had invited them to G-Fest. Like, let's let's get as many people as we can, (laughs) you know, to our shores while we can, essentially, is how I feel about the Showa era veterans especially well and i mean especially if it's someone that hasn't experienced it before because from what i've seen everyone that seems to be i mean it isn't even necessarily the surprise but just to be able to give that back to them absolutely where they're getting to yes. see that there's people that are still appreciated because i have to imagine that it's almost impossible sometimes to wrap your head around that i mean i'm not saying they're not getting any kind of appreciation where they're at but to just be able to go like, really, there's people in America that are yeah. You remember still when we went to Super Festival? And, yeah. Okay, so think of the crowd at Super Festival. That was a big crowd, but they were all there for toys, right? Yeah. If you were to go to where they had their panel, it's a very small amount of space, and not a ton of people go to those. Granted, a lot of people on some of the bigger shows, like Wonder Festival, I've seen the crowds that do gather at some of those. Yeah. But that's not an entire festival dedicated to that person's craft essentially you know it's so when they come over to g-fest i think it's overwhelming hopefully in a good way for everybody to to see all that it's like concentrated you know adoration that they're getting and i think for the most part i think they don't get that i think morase specifically probably gets a, a lot of respect from his peers mm-hmm. and for people who are in his field, because he still works, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably a lot different for a much older actor that might not do as much work these days. You know, before Nakajima started doing shows again, I mean, he was getting some attention in Japan, but I think the shows were were generally very good for him. Yeah. You know, they put him in better spirits, I, I hear. Anyway, that's aside from the point, Murase was in fantastic spirits, <laughs> especially during the panel. Uh, and I'll, even more so in the in the Saturday panel, uh, which will come later. But that was sort of my big deal with Friday is is trying to you know get ready for that Morase panel. And with some very small exceptions, I thought it went over very well. I really really enjoyed talking to him. Yeah, I I thought you did great, and it was it was a real treat. I'm and obviously you recorded it, so I look forward to. Yeah, hearing what everybody else thinks of it too. We'll hear how much of a treat is it in a few months, <laughs> but or whenever I end up posting it. But um, yeah, let's see what else happened. So that I think after that I was done for the. Oh no! The last thing I want to mention is right before I left that room, mm. I met uh, a guy named Sean, who he's one of the guys who brought a Godzilla costume. He sort yeah. of I I don't know the full story behind it, but I think he a he crowdfunded his way to G Fest from some foreign land. I want to say Puerto Rico, maybe, but he was dressed as the planet X controller. Oh yeah. And yeah. as I was leaving, I was like, I have so, to get a picture with you, dude. Yeah. 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 I, and I saw you taking that picture. Um, but that, I also wanted to mention, stop and mention, cause mm. I did forget that actually the first thing I did was he was running a panel for, an, and I went to that. That was the first thing I did oh, really? okay. right before your interview. And it included him 
and he was in costume. Everybody else was just talking, but it was a costuming panel. Oh, okay, right on. So in the dojo studio, yeah, and they gotcha. had photos, and um, he was he was the only one. Like I said, he was wearing that costume you just mentioned. But uh, Matt, who's in uh, the Kaiju Cast listeners group, that oh Matt po- Dakota, yeah, yeah, posts all the pictures. He Sajin came Patrol. up on stage and started talking about why he does what he does. Andrew, who was doing the Mechanicong, uh, was also speaking on that panel. And awesome. it, was, it was really interesting. It was good to see, because again, there's so many different things to see at G-Fest, but uh, it was good to actually see them getting a chance to talk about why they do what they do. And then the nice plus on Andrew being up there is I get to sit there and watch his uh, dad sitting in the audience front row and Richie uh, smiling and watching his son up there so proud, yeah, proud it. papa, <laughs> killing it on his panel. Um, but yeah, that's how I kicked it off, and it was uh, like I said, I just the, the guys that do this stuff are insanely passionate about what they're doing, mm-hmm. and I sit there and go, I would never want to spend that much time you know? <laughs> or money. Money is a big thing too. Yeah, for sure. Um, but they love doing it, and then they do that, which enhances everybody's experience at G Fest because. You've got all these guys that are just making these like professional looking of all levels costumes. And it's just like one of the things that makes G Fest so special is just seeing these little parades going through and people the costumes having a good time. Are so fun. So, yeah. so cool. In fact, I remember like obviously Tiger has his own costume story yeah. from G Fest, but <laughs> basically I remember the first costume parade was tiny. I mean, the first when we were there, mm-hmm. I'd say they were maybe six or seven costumes i i don't know off the top of my head how many there were i remember a hetera i remember a planet x controller who was really concerned about the authentic authenticity of his costume <laughs> at which point in my fandom i wouldn't have been able to tell you what you know what the planet x controller wore if he yeah. wasn't if i didn't have a picture in front of me but uh yeah and then tiger and and his mom and then there was a uh, a guy dressed as godzilla a big giant foam rubber costume, but just I mean that was 1999. We're here tw- almost 20 years later, yeah. And who would have thought that cosplay would become like such a huge thing, like it is right now in in life? I guess I would say. I mean, when I was doing the 501st stuff, I didn't consider that cosplay. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting to me. Because I don't know if there is like a breakdown these days of like this is cosplay, this is not cosplay, but it's just costuming. But the everything on the building side of that stuff has gotten so much more complex and looks so much better. And they have so many crazy cool materials at their yeah. fingertips that they can just make amazing, amazing things. I've got a lot of friends that do cosplay yeah. and I've just completely blown away many times online by seeing their photos. Well, I mean, I'm I'm completely ignorant to it. I don't I don't know any of the behind the scenes. But what I find so fun about this side of things when we're going to a convention that's for Godzilla, and again, like I said, Tokusatsu, where it's like that is specifically something where they're kind of just a lot of them are using the methods that were actually used to. I mean, not that if you're making a Spider-Man costume, you're not doing it the same way someone <laughs> sure, does. Right. But it, it's just it's it's awesome. Like one of the reasons we love these films is the practical effects and the costumes with men in suits or in suits. women in suits. And it's like to get to actually see that going on as part of G fest is just really amazing. 
Yeah, from everything from like the kid that dresses up in the store made store bought Godzilla costume yeah, yeah. to this guy Sean who brings his own you know Kiryu Goji costume <laughs> that he spent you know months building. The dedication is absolutely just it it's heart filling. You know, it's just amazing to, to see someone put that kind of effort into their work. I'm a huge fan. If you can't tell, oh, I know what I did after that panel. I went to take a break, and then I went into the dealer's room. How soon did you get into the dealer's room on Friday? Soon enough, because I got what I wanted. Nice. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember the time, because it isn't really like, I mean, I, I, love, I love the collectibles and stuff, but it isn't my priority. Right, yeah. So it's kind of like, if I get what I want, I get what I want. If I don't, I'm going to find something that I didn't know I wanted. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, That's a good attitude, man. <laughs> so I didn't, I wasn't even looking at my watch. I just wandered in there when it didn't look insane mm, mm-hmm. and was a- able to slip in. So, yeah, I think basically it, there was definitely a line when I first walked past, but after, I don't know, maybe I grabbed some food. Oh, yeah. I feel like I grabbed some beers with Mike. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, yeah, I got into the dealer's room and there was a lot of stuff already sold out on the M1 table. Yep. Many of the tricycles were already <laughs> gone. So I had to pick up a trike. I was requested to pick up a trike for Rachel. And uh, at first I thought, oh, no, all the trikes are gone. <laughs> and then uh, a very helpful voice from behind the counter, behind the table said, hey, which one were you looking for? And I was like, hey, it's Dell. And <laughs> Dell was working for the M1 table. And he said, I was just like a Godzilla. He's like, I think we got one left. Behold, Dell brings out the uh, M1 Godzilla on a trike in box. And I was like, give it to me. I will take it now. And so now Rachel is the proud owner of, I think, a green Godzilla trike. Huzzah, Rachel. Well done. (laughs) Well done. Yeah, I actually didn't buy anything from the dealer's room this year. All of my purchases happened outside of the (laughs) dealer's room. (laughs) That's weird, right? I got this Kaiju for Hipsters book from Kevin Derendorf from the Mazer Patrol podcast and nice. blog, uh, which is really cool. It's actually, I'm sure I have not seen all the movies in this book, but it's basically anything outside of the Godzilla and Gamera series. Mm-hmm. He basically has an essay about it. So nice, nice. I bought that from him, roaming the halls of G-Fest. <laughs> uh, I bought the Marmot exclusive set from Mr. Mike Johnson. And uh, I actually ended up getting my uh, GMK glow set up there as sort of a, oh, thanks for the hookup kind of thing in the, in the halls of G-Fest <laughs> as well. <laughs> so, oh, and then there's the band Presto uh, 1989 Godzilla, which is the one with the blue fins up there. It doesn't, it's like it doesn't belong with the other marmots because yeah, I, yeah. I put it up there so I'd remember to talk about it. I bought that from my buddy James Hartman. We arranged the sale before he even came out, so it was just kind of already a done deal. Yeah, but, that, but the dealer's room is so much fun to walk through. I mean, it's just visually overwhelming for sure. Yeah. And sometimes very, very packed, although I, I feel lucky that I didn't have to walk through a super packed dealer's room this year. It's always really busy at the beginning, and the first time I went through, it was packed. And then uh, I think I went through when one of the guests was, because the panel rooms were actually pretty pretty packed this year. I was. I saw a lot of people in those panel rooms. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm happy about that. Um, 
not not that they were always like sparse or something in the past, but it was definitely every panel I went to was nice and well attended. Um, but it started getting a little overwhelming on some of the guest panels, and I snuck Ooh. out because I knew they were being recorded. <laughs> and then I went to the dealer's room, and no one was in there. So I, I did a nice, hear comfortable that. walk through the, <laughs> I did the hear dealer's that. room. <laughs> it's always a bonus, right, when you don't have to deal with uh, huge crowds. When you're trying to just look at your Godzilla toys. I know one thing I did after uh, after the Marase panel, and probably did this in between the dealer's room and the panel, I went down to his prop room. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, did I, you, you I, got a chance to go down? I was with you. You got a chance to go down with me? <laughs> yeah. I went down like I went down to that room like five times. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but the what you're talking about, though, yeah, we I remember going down there. Yeah. Ugh. And I did go in there a few Such more times. a cool room. So basically, Marase, you'll hear him in the panel when we play it, but he brought a whole bunch of props with him. Not actual props from the movies, but these were props that he had remade in the same way that they would have made them back in the day. Yeah. So he had a Ghidra head, uh, like a 64 Ghidra head, a piece of Godzilla skin. He had Varan skin, which he's been uh, carrying around for a while, actually. He yeah. had that at uh, Monster Palooza. He had a Varan head, which was pretty cool. The Mothra that he had was more like the 1992 Mothra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Colors and all that, yeah. In addition to that, he also had his Mighty Peking mask, uh, Mighty Peking man mask and hands on display, plus some unmade stuff from an unmade show. It was a really, really cool prop room with lots of cool pictures. And then there was a corner dedicated to that Kickstarter campaign, Howl from the Beyond the Fog, and they had the Nebula head on display yeah that was oh, really cool super cool so we were looking at that and i don't know how it came up but me and weber were looking at that uh mike who was on the japan trip with us um he sh- took his uh camera out and shine you know took his the light on there and put it down the throat of that because somehow we were bringing up like the tongue that was in the images oh yeah 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 and yeah it was all in there like the inside of the sculpt just even looking down in there, it was kind of amazing. Just really cool monster. That's awesome. I'm so glad that those guys came to G-Fest. Uh, Daisuke Sato, I actually got to hang out with him in Tokyo for a little while. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of fun to to just chat with him a little bit beforehand and be like, hey, guess what? I'm going to be doing the panel with you guys. And uh, I was like, let's get some beer while you're here. And he's like, yes, let's go drink. <laughs> I don't think we did, though. <laughs> I was, I'll just have to rain check it in yeah. Japan. And I want to say the rest of my day, yes, this was this was my problem. <laughs> this is when, at this point of the day, after the panel, after the Marase room, and then going into the dealer's room, the rest of my day was spent drinking beer, with, which is not a problem, no. with, uh, with friends. And so I ended up doing one of those things where I drink all day long. Uh-huh. And then by the time dinner got around, I was like, I don't want any more beer. <laughs> I've had enough. I don't know that I ever said that. I well, that I'm a big baby. Yeah. I actually <laughs> found myself forgetting to actually eat. <laughs> I was just having such a good time hanging with friends. And then you have the liquid bread going down. True. True. And it's satisfying. So then it'd be like nine o'clock at night. And I'm like, yeah. Last well, thing I did was eat <laughs> breakfast and now the day has gone away and I think it's time to get some food in the stomach. Uh, well, the liquid bread, you know, you make a good point, Clancy. That is basically like you're eating a meal. Yeah, pretty much. So, 
Uh, actually, you went with us to the the restaurant behind the the hotel, right in the big uh, pavilion, the pub. Sure. <laughs> Wait a sec. You were there, right? Were you? We, I know. I'm trying to figure out what it was. Uh, at the end of it, you guys, we all went outside, and there was going to be a picture, and then. I got dragged away by people. Was that Friday night? That was Friday night, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, we'll back up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, at the Friday night, I just had, like, we went to the pub with us, I think, right? Yeah, we wandered over to the little food court slash. It's got a special little, name, but yeah, I don't remember what it is. It's got but, some yeah. fake grass in the middle. They where do they have fireworks. concerts and fireworks that everybody likes to say. I heard the joke a number of times and it was funny. I laughed, but um, everybody just kept talking about the G fest fireworks. Cause all of a sudden you're sitting in the bar at the hotel and it, there's fireworks going off and it's the first <laughs> night of G fest. So it's like, yeah, but uh, yeah, I think it's coming off, from yeah. their little uh, food court area over there where they do concerts and stuff. Yeah. So we went over there and I ordered something and I just barely ate any of it, but, yeah. but it was fun. I mean, we had, at first, we had a smaller party. It was most of the people we went to Japan with, a couple of other folks. And then we met up with other people. And this is like what we were saying earlier, or what I was saying earlier. <laughs> it's like, all of a sudden, it's like uh, you're attacking, attacking, you're attaching a big Duplo set of bricks. <laughs> it's like, oh, here's these, these fans are over here. And then, then we had this huge, long table in the pub. Uh, it's really fun. It was Christine's birthday at that point in the in the trip as well. So... We all sang happy birthday to her at the end. And uh, yeah, I think that was like when we left that place and I went back to the patio, people were starting to hang out and do their thing. And all of a sudden I was just saying, you know what? I may have had enough for the day. (laughs) And so I went and headed up to the room. So that's the end of my Friday. Did you end up hanging out Friday night or did you go do something? I, I think I just went out on the patio. And hung yeah. Out. Uh, yeah. I don't remember going anywhere after that restaurant that again, um, there was a little miscommunication. So <laughs> Keith Foster and Canadian James, Mike Weber and myself were hanging out, talking about uh kiss meet Scooby-Doo, um, which was fun. And then it's like, Where'd what Kyle happened go? to Kyle? Yeah, that was weird. That was the, honestly, I'd say that's the one thing that I wish I could like stop from happening at G Fest, where I get like pulled away in a, in another direction. But like, I totally was like, where did those guys go? <laughs> <laughs> it was actually worth it though, because it was like we sent you a text that said, "Where are you?" And you said, "I got roped into a group photo," and we responded, "We're waiting to take the group photo." <laughs> to which I believe you just went. LOL. I don't know if you ever say LOL, but I say LOL too much probably now. Yeah, but so yeah, you laughed at us and then we <laughs> <laughs> wandered back to the patio. I think uh, I was laughing at myself, cursed, Clancy, yeah, yeah. not at you. Yeah, we cursed you the whole way back. <laughs> it's okay. I I understand. This is uh this year I got a lot of a lot of guff from the listeners. <laughs> so no, it was it was fun. You'll all get yours. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, fun, but it was like you just have that thing running through your head going. Um, you know, I'm really enjoying talking to you, Keith, but why are we still standing here? Yeah. <laughs> Waiting for some chump from Monster <laughs> Island. Man, I think this is probably a good place for us to play a little bit of music. Uh, so I had a special request from one of the listeners. Talk to, actually, I talked to him at G-Fest. We know 
you mentioned him before, Gary and Amanda. Oh, yeah. The Johnsons. Uh, Gary is a good friend of the show. He's been listening for a long time. And basically, he asked to hear a clip from Latitude Zero and some other stuff. But we're just going to play that. So, Gary, here is your request. Instead of playing the clip from Latitude Zero, this is the U.S. trailer audio. An experiment beneath the sea to challenge the unknown. When the forces of nature erupt, the ocean floor opens up, hurling five men and one woman 15 miles straight down to a place that exists on no map and yet holds the key to man's future. Latitude Zero. Where the past merges with the present to predict the future. The Alpha launched June 21st, 1805. Since you question everything, I don't expect you to believe there's so much of anything else you're about to see. I am 204 years old. The Alpha is northeast of you and course for latitude zero. At Latitude Zero, good battles evil, using the incredible weapons of tomorrow. Activate your elevation belt. Pictures of the moon that looked a lot more inviting. Right. Say, Captain, you ever been here before? First time. Well, that's great. How do we find Dr. O'Connor? We'll have to search. Could be in that tower. Live an adventure beyond your wildest imagination as mankind fights for its very survival. Every exciting moment of the incredible world of Latitude Zero, where man's future explodes 15 miles beneath the Earth.
There's always a Simpsons quote for everything, Clancy. <laughs> Let's talk about Saturday. So Saturday, I woke up and had a meeting with some people for a project that I'm going to be working on in the next couple of months, which was pretty exciting stuff, except for the fact that I totally overslept. (laughs) That sucked. Uh, And another thing I'll probably never live down. So after the meeting, though, I had to like boogie back up to my room because I had to prep for my interview stuff. Yeah. Because I think basically I had two hours at the most to just get everything I had in my head ready to go and dialed in. And uh, because at 11 a.m. I started my first panel of the day, which was interviewing Kenpachiro Satsuma to an incredible, what I felt was an incredibly packed room. And uh, and uh how do I don't even think I really want to talk too much about that? You know, like that one's going to be one for the books, in my opinion. The Satsuma yeah. interview. So were you here? Were you there for the whole part of that? Oh yeah, the whole part of that, yeah, the yeah. whole panel. I guess yeah. I should say. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, it, I definitely don't want to really spoil the the interview for people. I think they should just hear it. Yeah, um, and I think that those. I think actually all four of my interviews, I'm pretty much going to leave them intact. Yeah. So you would experience it the same way you would if you were like at the panel. What I will mention though is because it's not going to. I mean, do you have video of that one, or is it just? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Um, so it'll go up on YouTube as yeah. well. But I will. I just will mention that I, I was the same. Where like I came in and there was actually a really good um, because we're celebrating the you know fiftieth anniversary of Destroy All Monsters here. Mm-hmm. Um, the actual dates coming up here at the beginning of August, but. uh there was a panel of just that let's sit here and nerd out about destroy all monsters, which I'll go to something like that any day of the week. But, uh, so I hit that, I believe that was right before your panel and kind of just sat there watching everybody talk about that. So then the point of saying that though, is like, I was, it wasn't completely full for that. So I was pretty close. Oh, gotcha. Okay. But then you could just like feel as your Satsuma (laughs) panel was like more and more people coming in and then you move down and let more and more people come in. And, um, by the time it was over, it was just like, I could just tell that there was people standing all along, but I still didn't look, I was just so glued to what was going on in front yeah. of me because it was, it was a great panel, everything about it. But then it wasn't until I leave. That's when I was talking about feeling like getting kind of like pressed in. Yeah. And I'm just like, I, I got it. You could feel I'll, the oppression of people yeah, around you. Yeah. I will listen to the next one when it's recorded and just duck out of here. And that's when I started to leave and no one was clearing out. And it was just like, (laughs) Oh man, I, I honestly, in the three years I've been going and I've gone to almost all of the major guest panels, Mm -hmm. I I have not seen that many people, not only in the room, but wanting to get into the room. Yes. And then just that whole transition out. And it wasn't bad. It's just the reality of it. I mean, there really wasn't much they could do other than opening up, the room like it was the closing or opening ceremony. Sure, yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. It was great. No, I think the, you know, for me, I would have said in the future, and this is not, I don't think anybody would have anticipated this. I would just tell the, the organizers, Hey, when you do that, when you have like your big guests back to back, yeah, maybe put a panel in between them just so that people can come and go. And that room can sort of change over because yes, the Satsuma panel uh, I will agree with you. It was amazing. It was all me and my amazing <laughs> questions that I asked him. 
which I think totaled at six by yeah. the end of the hour. Did you did you make it up to six? I may have made it up to six because I started bullying my way in there a, a little while. Or you just asked three right in a row, like that, 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 that. I should have done that. <laughs> I really should have. I should have talked to him beforehand and mapped out how I wanted it to go. Because um, sometimes, you know, I've talked to Sats, this is the third time. Mm. And I feel very lucky that I've talked to him three times, especially for the podcast or, you know, at any capacity. Satsuma is a unique individual on so many levels. Speaking with him, he has such an energy about him that it is a hard to control slash contain and slash direct. Right. So I'm all and the fact that I'm already dealing with an interpreter on the other side of things is kind of like it adds another layer of how do I get in and, and help control this conversation so kind of impossible a little bit with Satsuma. However, I think everybody is pretty happy with it. Oh, so yeah, yeah. I think everyone will be pretty happy with it because there were things that came out, so many things that came out in this panel that I have never heard about <laughs> Satsuma before. It's amazing. So uh, that is the only thing I'll say about it. Hopefully it'll be coming out pretty soon. Like I said, the audio, completely workable, totally usable. So it's going to be a YouTube video and it's going to be an episode in the feed as well. Yeah. And after, of course, like what we were just kind of alluding to after the Satsuma panel, the Megumi Odaka panel happened. And of course, Satsuma played Godzilla. Megumi Odaka played Miki Segusa, a good friend of Godzilla. <laughs> and, um, and she hasn't been to the convention. Neither of them have been to G-Fest since 2000. Yeah. Now, Satsuma has been making lots of appearances where had been making lots of appearances in the States for the past few years. I heard that he had sort of retired, but I guess when Takarada had to cancel, he might have had a little hand in getting Satsuma back yeah. for that. So thank you, uh, Takarada, of course, for helping that become a reality, because, wow, uh, having Satsuma back at the show was just fantastic. Well, really, like, when the, I mean, not that, it, I mean, we've known for a year that, G-Fest 25 was next because last time it was G-Fest 24. <laughs> True, but, yes. But when it started gearing up and they started advertising and it's like, it's going to be G-Fest, you know, G-Fest is coming 25 and obviously we all like these round number whatever anniversaries. Um, I was actually kind of disappointed when, uh, not disappointed in what they were going to do. Sure. But I really thought, man, wouldn't it be aw specifically him? Like I was really hoping that that was the guest that they were going to announce that Satsuma was going to oh, be there. Oh, really? Yeah. Because yeah, I haven't yeah. been to a convention that he was at. It's oh. G-Fest 25. It just seems appropriate to have Absolutely. a Godzilla actor. For sure, yeah. And, of course, we just saw um, Kitagawa down in at Monster Palooza. So I wanted that to happen. Um, and I really was. It is sad that Akira Takarada couldn't make it. Mm -hmm. um, but then you just sit there and wonder, well, you know, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I don't know when they found out about Takarada, but, you know, you just kind of wonder what is going to happen. And then when they announced that it was going to be him, I was just like through the roof. I was like, oh, this is so rad. Yeah. And really, I mean, I and we, when we got a chance to talk to Jeff Horn, uh, who does a lot of the behind the scenes stuff for the convention on one of those nights, it was just like, oh, yeah, during the listener. Party, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like, dude, like everything that went down this weekend and that included one, it's always awesome, but it just like, this feels like 25, you know, this feels like it deserves to be 
this anniversary. I totally agree. You know, so yeah, I I will sort of uh, piggyback on what you said there. Yeah. Like, so when we were there last year, twenty four, mm-hmm. twenty four had what I would consider to be an insane amount of guests. Yeah, the amount of people that were at last year's G Fest as special guests was so it was so many people that I couldn't interview them all. Mm-hmm. You know, they had. Yuji Kaida, Michiro Oshima, Shinji Higuchi, uh, <laughs> Kazuhiro Nakagawa. I mean, th- and there were more. There, I mean, it's kind of just crazy at how many people they had last year. And so for that being 24, there was a part of me that said, man, they're going to go crazy for 25. <laughs> and then when they they announced the third guest at the time, so it was Takarada, Odaka, and Murase, I was like, yes, Marase. And then I asked uh, Tim, the guy who runs the guest stuff, guest relations, I guess I would say. I said, Tim, uh, are you guys planning any more announcements? And he goes, no, I think we're done. Three guests? That's it? (laughs) Really? And it turns out in the long run, they had four. So they they flipped the Takarata card to a Satsuma card, but then they also added Don Fry, Captain Gordon, from Godzilla Final Wars, yeah. which is kind of cool because it, he's been to G-Fest at least once, if not twice, and apparently people love him. Mm-hmm. They had a blast hanging out with Don Fry. <laughs> I saw him out on the patio just about every night. Yeah, the only thing I'm going to say is I don't have a family-friendly story <laughs> to go with anything about Don Fry. <laughs> I, I don't know if I've heard any family-friendly stories yeah. about Don Fry. Anyway, people loved him, so having Satsuma... There, after not being there since 2000, was huge. I don't know if he was in the same Satsuma form as I've seen him every time, or rare form, but he was there to be with the fans. And he, uh, I saw this, I didn't see it happen when I was there, but this guy Archie posted a video of Satsuma teaching three or four Mm -hmm. Godzillas how to move like Godzilla. Not just like some kids who liked Godzilla and they were pretending to be Godzilla. These were like, Four of the Godzilla costumers that were there. It was and, awesome. Oh my gosh. I just amazing. Yeah, amazing. I didn't witness it. I saw the video and it's floating out there. I posted it to the KaijuCast yeah. Facebook page if you want to check it out. Anyway, so having Satsuma there, in my opinion, huge boon. Like when when I didn't think that Takarada was coming, or when I realized Takarada wasn't coming, and when they announced Don Fry. I got a little kind of, well, that, you know, there's a Japanese phrase for that, actually. Shogunai, which means it can't be helped, yeah. you know. So I kept thinking, uh, it can't be helped. It is what it is. Just going to deal with it. And then when they announced Satsuma, I was like, this is this is huge, huge. And yeah. I am so happy that he came. I'm so happy that so many people got to feel a connection with him because he is really a special special guest in my opinion yeah it was infectious i mean just his persona and how he was like you just were mentioning how he's being around everyone Mm -hmm. that just transferred Mm -hmm. to everyone that had any kind of interaction with him like when i walked even just saying walking out of that panel i couldn't stop smiling yeah and i just took that around and passed it around to everybody else at g-fest and all those interactions played out through the weekend, and he was doing it all weekend long. Everybody that I see posting stuff, it was like, how many special moments was he able yeah, to create yeah. 
over the course of a weekend. It was great. Totally, yeah. And actually, one of the cool things about Satsuma is, you know, I I got to, sorry, this is braggy. I got to hang out with him in Japan once, right? And so sometimes I meet these people, and I even if I have an interview with them, I meet them again, and there's this sort of like, I can't tell if they actually remember me or yeah. not, right? And that's fine. They don't, I don't need anybody to remember me necessarily. But this trip, I saw Satsuma from across the panel room, and I, I went to go shake his hand because I hadn't seen him yet. And his reaction when he saw me just made me say, he remembers, <laughs> you know, he was like, oh, you know, sticks his finger out, points at me. We do the big handshake. And then after the panel, he was speaking to a Japanese friend and his Japanese friend also spoke English. And so we were kind of having a little conversation and the guy says, oh, oh he says you come to Japan every year. And yeah. I go, he definitely remembers me <laughs> now. But yeah, it was Satsuma. Like, if your convention can get Satsuma as a guest, I hope that they reciprocate his his yeah. energy because it's it's a definitely it's a give and take with him, and I think he really appreciates it, getting it back too. Yeah, well, and we learn stuff from people we interact with. I mean, just you saying that too, where it's like th- that's the way to be, mm-hmm. and. I mean, I had a similar interaction with, and I already knew he remembered me and knew me, but one the first thing that happened after we got out of the shuttle bus and we got to G-Fest was Michi and Yuji from M1 rolled up. Mm-hmm. And yeah. The first thing that Yuji asked me is like asking me about my guitars, which has nothing to do with Godzilla or The weekend, And it's just like, that's how you should be to people. But then when you experience it too, it just feels good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? it's, it's that it's that personal connection. Yeah, and just it the feels fact good that to a, have it. Yeah. A guest is doing is again. I mean, I know your relationship is a little different because you were doing interviews and stuff, but still, I actually think it's totally the same. You know, and uh, you know, the Satsuma panel was great. Like I said, you will hear that, and then they followed that up with Megumi Odaka. And let me just say real quick, Miki Sagusa is a character that was with me for the ride as I got into the newer Godzilla movies at the time. And I didn't identify with her necessarily, but having that sort of like continuous, continuous, (laughs) continuous character through those movies really helped me enjoy the films more when I was just getting into them. Having no information on the internet at all about her was a little interesting to try and like learn about her life beforehand. I was very lucky that I had a chance to like sort of talk with her a little tiny bit beforehand just to say, hi, I want to cover some things and make sure that they're okay to talk about during your panel. And basically I was like, how about this? And she said, okay, how about this? I was okay. So everything was cool to talk about, which made me feel really good because, you know, she was actually an idol. Yeah, yeah. So idol culture is a really weird thing and we didn't get into it in the panel, but I thought, you know, that's one of those things that I am fascinated by how it's become what it is today and like what it, you know, I'm interested, like what was it like in 1989 or 1988 specifically when she was involved, we had a little music career, you know, but I didn't get to ask her that stuff. I'm hoping that in the future I might get a chance to meet with her again and have her back on the podcast at some point. I think she had a really good time 
in the interview process, I think she thought that I spoke or I understood more Japanese than I did <laughs> because I have this habit from doing the documentary, you know, specifically that maybe that's only part of it. Like doing the documentary, it's like I'm listen, I am listening to these people speak Japanese and I know a little bit of Japanese. So I am sort of like really listening intently for words that I can pluck out <laughs> and like couple that with their, uh, their tone and then try and figure out what they're saying or try and figure out what they're talking about in general. So I'm engaged when somebody's talking to me, you know, especially when it's a Japanese guest, I'm like, I'm trying to decipher what they're doing. And then after a while, she starts looking less at Robert Scott field to tell her story and starts looking more at me to tell her story. (laughs) And at the same time, I'm still kind of like nodding. And then I'm sure I was squinting my eyes when I wasn't quite getting it and stuff. And then later on I said, uh, sorry, I don't actually understand Japanese. And she's like playfully slapped my arm. <laughs> I hope playfully. I hope playfully. She was a delight, though. And I hope that that interview also comes out well and people enjoy that as well. Because yeah. I did not find any interviews with her at all in English online anywhere, which was very weird to me. Yeah, I figure somewhere there's got to be an interview with Megumi Odaka in English, but... I couldn't find it. All I had to go off of was her Japan Wikipedia page. Did you stay for that panel at all, or you you bailed for that, that that's one? That's the one that I ducked out on. Yeah, that was packed. I mean, I, yeah. that one was crazy yeah, packed. That, and that was the thing. And I love her, but it yeah. was that was the one where it was almost like more people coming in and no one leaving for her, her panel. For sure, JD had to get up in front of the room and tell people to squeeze in yeah. and move into chairs. I mean, there was a. I've got a recording of it. Yeah, he basically, was, he was. Get really wrangling people. Yeah, when he he was firing that off like right next to me as I'm walking out, and I'm just like, oh yeah, that's a good sign to go into a very empty dealer's room right now and decompress well, and run into some more people. Yeah, man. Well, I got your back. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do anything cool aside from the panels? Aside from that panel on Saturday, I might be getting this mixed up, but I do want to mention it. I know that Brian Clark, who listens to the show and is in the group, and will be going to Japan. They had a horror in kaiju movie panel. Right, right. And I can't remember if that was Friday or Saturday, but at some point I we were down in the dealer's room and I ducked out to go see that. And I'm glad I did because uh, that's a topic that I definitely love and I thought they nailed it. But yeah, just basically talking about the more terrifying moments. And it was everything from just like stuff that's scary to adults to what are the moments that are going on in kaiju films that freaked you out as a kid, which is sure, always yeah. fun because- you look back at it as an adult and go, why Why did I find that to be so unsettling? Mm-hmm. Um, Who brought up Rodan and the Mega Neurons? <laughs> yeah, that, that did, I do believe that did come up. Um, but yeah, I don't remember who. And yeah, unfortunately, I'm not, I don't have the thing in front of me. I can't remember who else was on that panel. But that was a lot of fun. Like I said, as, as a, just a total horror nerd. Tristan, yeah. Scott, Brian, and Casey. Yeah. Boom. That's it. <laughs> I just remember that completely off the dome and didn't look it up in a PDF sitting on my laptop at all. Just kidding. <laughs> I totally did. But I, but I would too also want to mention about that. I mean, they all did an excellent job on the panel, but that was the moment where I was sitting there just realizing, cause I went to a lot of panels last year as well. It just feels like every single, and, and they, they should have, that panel should have been well attended, mm-hmm. but I'm looking around. And it's like, these are all full rooms. Like yeah. it was every, every panel I was going to, it was just a lot of people. And I feel like they cut down the number of panel rooms or cut down the number of panels this year 
but something about it just felt different. Yeah, I think basically they they were down a panel room maybe, but it definitely on the flip side of that though, Jeff did say that attendance was up like crazy high. I could see that. I don't want to say any numbers without having them on like mm-hmm. actual in black and white in front of me, but I want to say that there was a, a a significant bump in this year's attendance. And I can imagine it's only going to get bigger next year because of the next Godzilla movie. Yeah, I think so. That's what the word was around the convention. People talking about how 2014 was pretty nutty. Yeah. So I can only assume that it's going to be pretty nutty this time. Totally. Totally. Did you do anything after you left the uh, panel? I think you said you went through the dealer's room. Yeah, I know I wandered around the dealer's room a bit, met up with some people, had a few more drinks, did a little... Basically, just pre-partied for the the party, the party. Of the yeah. Weekend, yeah. So. Now, the only thing I did for the rest of the day, aside from getting ready for the party, was I had my uh, Howl from the on the fog panel, oh, yeah, yeah. the the last one in the Dojo Studios with Keizo Morase and Daisuke Sato and Robert Scott Field there translating. Also, I should say uh, Nick Cloutier was there for both of the panels in Dojo Studios. He helped me out as well. But basically, the first panel with Marase was all about his career, and that was that was it. It was so good to talk about his career. And then the second panel, we talked with Daisuke Sato, who had some footage to show from the panel. The Dojo Studios video that will be coming from that panel will actually have the footage from those mm-hmm. clips in there. So nice. it would be essentially as if you were there in that panel. <laughs> the coolest part about that panel... It was cool. It was fun. But the coolest part, hands down, was when they walked into the room. I was standing backstage with Nick and Daisuke Sato, who's the director, essentially, of Hell from the Other Fog, yeah. walks in with Keizo Murase, the 80-plus-year-old man. He's wearing his blue business suit, you know, <laughs> look and fly. But in his hand, he has this furry object. And as he comes in, he takes this shopping bag, puts it down, and he unfolds this gorilla suit. (laughs) And he puts this Mighty Peking Man costume on over the top of his actual suit that he's wearing. And they actually wanted us to do a bit <laughs> before the panel. The first time I've ever been asked to do a bit. It was amazing. It's so fun. I don't know how well I played it, but uh, he ran out in front of the crowd in his uh, in his costume for Mighty Peking Man. This eighty year old man, like <laughs> running up to the front row, like a 12 year old it was amazing i couldn't believe my eyes but it was so fantastic and it just really kicked off that last panel it made the crowd laugh i think the front row was a little weirded out at first because they didn't know it was morase <laughs> but then we had to be like keizo morase everyone not the mighty peking man that just came out here it was great. But yeah, we get to talk a little bit about the project. That was, I think that was the only time on any of the panels that we had any audience questions. Every single other panel I did was so packed with yeah. information. There just wasn't a good spot to break for audience questions. And honestly, I hope the people that were there and the people that listen can appreciate that for what it is because 
hearing these people talk about their work for even another 10 minutes is a treasure in my opinion. Yeah. And it was nice that they gave one panel alone just for that one topic. For sure. Yes. Um, I saw, I did see a photo of him with the suit on, but with the helmet off, with yeah. the, the head off, yeah. which is just great just to see his head popping out of this gorilla suit. So, oh, he God, seems so, so psyched and so happy. Yeah. And just, <laughs> it was so amazing. You know what was also really cool? I won't go into that that panel anymore, basically. But, you know, one of the things that I kind of wanted to do with Marase is to walk with him through Dojo Studios. Yeah. Previous years, it has been set up different ways. Like yeah. last year, there was sort of like an audience area, but they had a filming area. Some years, it's been almost, it looks almost entirely like a filming set, a film set. Uh, but this, and you know, one of the years I walked through and I felt like it was as if I was walking through amateur Toho, yeah. you know, like there is a Mothra larva costume over here. There's jets over here stacked on a table. There's, you know, it just seems like everywhere there's something cool to look at. And I was like, oh, it'd be so awesome if he could walk through and like sort of check out what's going on and maybe comment on it and stuff. And maybe we could capture some of that. But uh, we didn't. It, the room was set up a little bit differently this year, so the best thing that could have happened in the setup was what happened after the first day. He came off the stage, and uh, this guy Chris has this Godzilla costume. We saw that at Monster Palooza earlier this year in the museum. Yeah, it's called Fusion Godzilla. It was on the stand there, and Chris was standing down next to it. And Marase just started looking at it and started like talking to Robert Scott Field about it. And Robert Scott Field was translating and they were having a conversation. I was like, dude, you are getting the one on one commentary from yeah. the one person from the Showa era that could give you commentary on this, you know? Yeah. Amazing, amazing. It's very similar to the whole Satsuma thing. Oh, yeah. You know? You don't get to experience that kind of thing anywhere else. As much as the other conventions would like to have that same kind of interaction with bringing some of these guests to the show, like at Monster Palooza, yeah. Marase was there, but that kind of thing would not have happened at Monster Palooza because it's not G Fest. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, it's thrilling to me to have to have these guests come and have such a good time. And I mean, Megumi Odaka looked like she had a great time in all the photos. So yeah. I hope she had such a good time that she would consider coming back to other conventions. It's great that G-Fest makes that effort to bring an assortment of guests. True, so yes. it's like where you're sitting there saying like, I mean, if this was a convention where they were just bringing in actors, the guys like that are, are building suits or the guys that are into that kind of stuff aren't going to get that same experience. It just makes it so much more interesting. Just, it's true, just this true. mix of different types of people that they're bringing in. Totally. So uh, before we talk about the listener party trivia thing happened and then the costume thing happened there was an awards ceremony in there somewhere but i was hanging out inside and got to check out all of the costumes as they were lining up yeah first year i've been smart enough to do that before the actual thing begins <laughs> and once again my hat is currently off anyway but i mean I, if i had it on i would be taking that hat off to all of the people that made all of the costumes at g-fest this year because they helped make G-Fest what it was, really. And that costume parade, it gets a little too crazy for me. So I'm glad I got to see them up close and personal for a little while. But man, 
that room gets so packed. Oh, yeah. So they take the two ballrooms that house the two main panels all weekend long. They close them off, open them up completely, rearrange the chairs, and make it one gigantic room where they have all the costumes come up and like individually. The walk through the room, the MC will say something. I think that was Paul from Dojo Studios. And then they'll walk out and they'll, they'll, you know, people get pictures, people cheer, scream, go crazy. It's pretty, pretty entertaining. Not to sound like a, a, a baby, but man, if I could get a guaranteed seat up in the front, I'd be there every year. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a madhouse trying to get in there. Well, it's that behind the scenes thing too, where it's, you've got like all these people packed in the room, then we're hanging out before we slipped into the room and it's just this train of people just waiting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it starts getting to be like a film set where you're like, man, if they don't hurry up, that guy's going to pass out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. So I heard last year somebody did pass out yeah. in one of their costumes. When I saw some story about this year, somebody mentioned something about it, like they had a fan going in their costume mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. broke or something. But but it's just like that that idea of like just getting to see a behind the scenes thing of a costume parade. And then all of a sudden it just busts down the door and. They just start walking through. (laughs) (laughs) They bust down the door. (laughs) Yeah, so I would say uh, the costume contest is something that if you have never been to G-Fest, you should absolutely see it at least one time in its entirety. Because like I mentioned before, like like 20 years ago, the amount of costumes was like minuscule compared to what they have today. People put so much time and effort into their costumes. There's a wonderful article that I should remember to link to from, I think it's the Chicago Tribune. Don't quote me on that. They have a fantastic, fantastic photo spread of the costumes or a a large portion of the costumes from at least Saturday night. I am so used to them just having, you know, one photo from the convention in these kind of articles <laughs> that to see an entire gallery with like lighting and a backdrop was just, it's like, Oh my gosh, my people got their due. You know, <laughs> I was really proud of them <laughs> in that moment. So did you stick around for any of that stuff or did you just come straight out after the costume parade or beforehand for the Kaiju cast listener party? Yeah, I definitely, I, I watched the co- a lot of the costume stuff, and then I believe I just wandered over to the patio to start setting up and getting ready for the party. What party is that, Clancy? The Kaiju Cast Listener Party. Kaiju Cast Listener Party. Brought to you by 50 Foot Brewing and Spooky Pinball. Literal sponsors of the show. Or not the show, the party. And Mike Keller. Man, Mike Keller brought some cool stuff to give away. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. So anyway, let's talk about each one of those people. First, let's talk about Spooky Pinball, actually. Spooky Pinball, if you've not heard their name referenced on the podcast before, is owned by Charlie Emery. And uh, his whole family works for his pinball company. And basically, they bring a Godzilla game every year. It's a custom Godzilla game based off of an old Firepower 2 the reason I know all this stuff is because I've been doing my research, and I actually think I want to interview Charlie about it. Have you ever seen any pinball play footage? That's not the right term for this, because I don't know the term because I'm not that into pinball. But basically, they're videos that show the play field, the backsplash, mm. and I think the player. It's like a sort of three-pane video situation. 
where oh, you yeah, can yeah, yeah. I watch somebody about, playing yeah. basically and you can get a feel for what the you know what the play field does yeah. what you know what the scoring is and so forth so i have this pipe dream that didn't happen this year <laughs> but next year maybe i'll be able to get charlie to like close off that room for a couple of hours and i can set up some cameras and actually record yeah a standard play video a pinball video i guess i don't know about his custom Godzilla game. I would love to see that because pinball is one of those games that everybody's popped in 50 cents, I think is the standard now, but uh, everybody's played it. But I don't know that everybody actually realizes just like how much goes into a pinball game and how there are definitely things that you can do throughout the game to actually accomplish. And of course, plenty of people love the game and are sitting there going, yeah, we all know that. Um, there's levels of play. Yeah. I think that's what you mentioned, exactly. right? Like basically you can play it for that side of that like I just like things bouncing around with lights. Mm-hmm. Or you can like learn how to play the game. Yeah, yeah, and I think it'd be cool to see a video like that with their machine. So yeah. Me too, especially since I've actually been practicing <laughs> Firepower 2. Like I've got the I've got this app on my iPad. So I really want to I want to impress Charlie. I think that's what it really boils down to is I want to play a good game of that game. Uh, for Charlie, for my buddy. Anyway, so Charlie, he and his uh, kid Bug come to G-Fest every year. They brought a whole bunch of beer and a whole bunch of snacks and some giveaways as well, some spooky pinball stuff. Saw a whole bunch of T-shirts being given away. Yeah, we should mention, unless you're about to get there when you're talking about the beer, mm. their fellow pinball nerd friend, Pete, who did a little homebrew situation too for their... And that, listeners is a segue. <laughs> yes, sir. 50 Foot Brewing is Pete's homebrew company. And last year, he made a Dai Weizen, like Dai Maijin. And uh, <laughs> it was good. It was really good. I don't know if you got to have any of that last year. He didn't bring a ton of it. But when he sh- rolled up with his cooler, I was like, this is awesome. Oh, my God. You brewed this? Yeah, I... I- I do think I did taste that one. I was killing a lot of spotted cows. Yes, yes. This year and last year. I didn't have any spotted cows this year. I just focused on the beers from Pete pretty much. But I don't know at what point it happened, but I I remember telling Pete, hey, you're a brewer? Dude, (laughs) I love a good malty red. And so this year, Pete brewed two beers specifically for the KaijuCast listener party. One is the Soma Cider, which is a cranberry cider. He also did Red King Ale. (laughs) And when he told me he was doing this, I was like, you are the king. I love you, man. Please let me know if I can do anything. Like, if you want some cool beer labels made up, I'm a graphic designer. I'm happy to, you know, do that. And he said, that would be cool. So I got to whip up some awesome beer labels for the Red King Ale and the Soma Cider. Somehow, I didn't bring a Soma Cider one home with me, but I've got the Red King Ale right in front of me. I've got all the digital files, too, so I could make them worst-case scenario. But it was so cool. People were losing their minds over (laughs) them. I We tried to keep it, like, real hush-hush because, you know, we're not selling it. It's not, you know, it's just for fun, you know, just for party. But uh, yeah, I saw a billion people shake Pete's hand that night. <laughs> like, and I'm, I'm probably sure I shook his hand a whole bunch. Yeah, it was really cool to have those guys sponsor the party. And like Pete 
and Charlie, they just they went above and beyond and they helped make the party as awesome as it was. One of the other guys that helped make the party as awesome as it was was Mike Keller, uh, Monster Attack Team slash Daikaiju Discussion Submission Dude. Mike Keller, if you've listened to the podcast for a long time, you know his name very well. He brought a ton of stuff to give away. Some Monster Attack Team issues, some CDs that he made, some gift certificate cards. Man, seriously. This party was off the chain, (laughs) y'all. It was off the chain. And then we had our our pickled ginger. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was interesting. But uh, apparently people from the other side of the the patio, because the whole patio was partying. We only had a small corner of it, basically. But yeah, people from the other side were all like, what is going on over there? (laughs) Why is that dude standing on top of that bench and shouting at those three people? (laughs) We basically made up a, a makeshift party version of pickled ginger. I thought it was a lot of fun. I do too. And <laughs> I, the response was pretty good too. And honestly, um, we didn't really know how it was going to roll out. Cause you don't, totally, you don't know yeah. if people are going to be into it. You don't know what exactly to ask or whatever, but I will say that I am already now going to be writing questions for next year as I watch films throughout. Oh, nice. This year nice. And, uh, have a nice big long list of stuff. To at least bring along if people want to do it again. I think we should. I No, I think we definitely should plan on it. Yeah. In fact, I think it went so well this year that we should write questions, not just about the movies and stuff, but we should write questions about the Kaiju cast. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like No, yeah, that sounds great. So, some of my favorite ones were when I, I took some uh, questions from a listener, Sean, who sent stuff in ages ago, but we never asked them in the segment. Basically... He had one set that was like, name three of this, you know? And so on the multiple choice, he had all the options there. So I'd say, instead of name three of this, I'd just say, name one of the monsters that blah, 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 blah. Because I have all the answers right there in front of me. And then just sit there, wait for somebody to say the right answer. It, that's what I like about a party trivia. It's not oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you don't have to know the exact thing. You know, name one kaiju movie based on an original literary work. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was one of the questions. And before I even finished the question, somebody said, Godzilla. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's the number one answer here. So I don't even have to finish the question, I guess. Yeah, it was, God, what's such a ton of fun. Definitely our best listener party ever. Oh, I should also say shout out to our big photographers. Number one, I'm going to just put him first, David Eric Dopko. He was about to go put his camera away, but I said, dude, can you please take our group photo? I would be so, I would appreciate it so much. So we took a group photo of us. So for the first time in a couple of years, I think the group photo is back. We had a really great turnout. Yeah. Really good turnout. Plus David took some more shots. Uh, so I'm eternally grateful for him and our gimmicky buddy, Mike Veba, because Mike had a 3D camera. <laughs> Which, I don't know how it works. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I don't know how the mechanisms work, but what the end result is on the camera is the it looks like the old 3DS stuff yeah, yep. that used to take 3D photos. That is what the, the photos kind of looked like, and so, they were tripping yeah. people out. So it's essentially 3D photos without having to wear glasses. Yeah. So that's, I think, and it's really sem- like a semi, a, like a lenticular effect, yeah, right? Yeah. Those little things that you move back and forth and the image changes because of the, the lined plastic on top. Anyway, watching him take the photo and then show it to people who hadn't seen it yet. 
there would be like a three second thing. They'd be like, hey, that's rad, you know, and then they no look closer. And then their eyes shift and they go, oh, what is that? Why did I see that? (laughs) Yeah, uh, I think it really messed up, messed with Pete. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, those two guys took a slew of photos. They are, I think all of them are up on the KaijuCast Kaiju Core Facebook page now, including the 3D ones. And there was documentation of the point when I decided to start two-fisting (laughs) <laughs> right that's beer, right that's right which means i was having a really good time so what's funny is the day friday to funny to me i don't know why the the day that i drank from the afternoon through the evening that day is the you know i slept all through the night and like <laughs> overslept for my next meeting saturday night i i legit got drunk that night and yeah. then no you know i didn't do anything bad from what i know and then uh, I went to bed at 2.30 in the morning. Unheard of for this old man. Yep. Bam. I was up at 6 a.m. <laughs> no headache. I felt fine. I was just thirsty. Yeah. Top of the world, man. Top of the world. Adrenaline from just hanging out with listeners, yeah. friends. And it was that Saturday adrenaline. I, yeah. I guess if it, I, I should have probably a lot of adrenaline built up from, from Saturday's activities. Holy smokes. Honestly, if I get home now in my day to day and look at the clock and it's two thirty, I'm gonna be like, Oh great, I'm in trouble. Yeah. But it was like it felt like such a badge of honor. It did, right? Walked into that hotel and I'm like, it felt like it had it felt like it was over in a moment. Did we leave at the same time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got back so it was about the same time and it's just like that thing where it's like that felt like a party. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great party. <laughs> such a great party. I'm happy to take this picture that says I'm getting back at 2.30 in the yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah. I remember specifically leaving the party with three bottles in my hand. <laughs> I remember I had two empty bottles, one of the Red King Ale, one of the Soma cider, and I was nursing what I found was like the last bottle of the, of the Red King Ale. Yeah. And literally I was like drinking it, heading back up to the room. And then the next morning... My Soma Cider bottle wasn't, it was nowhere to be found. So I'm just going to have to print one up for myself. Well, one more thing I'll mention about trying to leave any party at G Fest uh-huh. <laughs> is it's like a gauntlet. Yeah, you have so to go you, through. You go through, you sneak out, you say your goodbyes, and then you find your window because someone's going to say, You're not going to bed, are you? But then you have to go through that hallway. And there's just more people partying. There's people everywhere. And they're stopping you. And you're going and you're going and you're like, I'm going to find a stairwell and sneak up to my room <laughs> eventually. And then sometimes it does happen. But yeah. Yeah. I saw at least four people that I talked to on the way to the elevator. <laughs> One of them was Jeff Zorno. <laughs> One of them was Walter. I, and there's so many people. At G- I love seeing all these people and just. It's not just like, hey, I saw Walter. On Friday morning, and that's the only time I saw Walter. Yeah. You know, I see Walter 15 times all weekend long, you know, and every time I see him, I'm like, what's up, buddy? You know, it's just, it's all, I want to, it's not all about the fans, but man, it's a lovely pie segmented into fans, celebrities, shopping, nerdery. I just can't get enough of it. Uh, You know what? I don't really have a ton to talk about about Sunday either. So maybe we should just, instead of taking a break, we should just move right into Sunday 
and then we'll uh we'll finish out our Sunday and then we'll we'll wrap up the episode. So I like I said, woke up no problem at all, six AM on Sunday. And essentially I just kinda like went and got coffee with David and then after came back into the room, I decided it was time to pack up because I was leaving later that afternoon. But uh yeah, did you do anything cool on Sunday to just hang out day? Yeah, I mean it it was still a fun day, but it was kind of just that decompress basically just hang out with people, talk with people. Uh, I spent more time chatting with people than I did going to things because it's kind of winding down. I might have wandered into some of the panels, but I don't remember any specific. But you do those last laps through the dealer's room and go, Totally, yeah. I'm not going to spend any more money. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, just, <laughs> I've done that before. I've been like, oh, no, I left the dealer's room with more stuff <laughs> than I came in with. Yeah, an artist alley. And, um, yeah, just kind of walk around the convention and just kind of, enjoy it while you can because it's going to be over by five four or five o'clock that afternoon so yeah that's about what i did yeah i think i stopped into a couple of panels specifically and i don't remember what day this was even though i've got the panel schedule up in front of me steve rifle and ed godoteski had a panel about ashiro honda oh yeah and i am this close from finishing <laughs> that book dude i am so close i'm actually to the point where he's already done terror of mechagodzilla Nice. So there's not much more left in his not career much. after that. So I'm uh, super psyched. I think they're talking about dreams right now. That's where I'm at. That's Kurosawa's a, dreams. That's a good one. Yeah. Anyway, so I stopped and saw a little bit of their panel. I kind of just kind of bounced around a little bit and just sort of decompressed and chilled and talked to people when they were around. And I did bounce through the dealer's room one more time just to make sure that there wasn't anything that... <laughs> I was eyeing on. Thankfully, nothing nothing grabbed my attention. I had already spent enough money. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I had such, such a good show. With the schedule that I have, once again, I, I am super, super honored that I was able to take part in those panels. And big, big, big thanks to the staff at G-Fest for allowing me to do that. I am just still kind of floored that that happened. Yeah, it was yeah. a great weekend. And I'll just say, yeah, I, I mean, thank you to everyone that stopped and chatted. And obviously, if we forgot to mention anything, it's we're just sitting here enjoying a few more beers and just reliving it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But ev- everybody that stopped and chatted with me, it was just special to get to see everyone and just sharing another weekend of just insanity. And yeah. And, and like this week, right? So we went last weekend. So this is sort of our first week back. And on Facebook and on most, I mean, basically Facebook for me, but other social network platforms, I feel like my feed has just been a constant stream of G-Fest memories from the previous weekend, which really helps the whole kind of like, oh, back to reality kind of Eeyore sigh that I have when it's batted back at me by like all these amazing photos of my friends from this past weekend. Yeah. And it happens every year, but I was talking when I got back to work where I just said, there's something that happens when you walk into that hotel, you turn on your G fest in-house programming. If you're fortunate enough to be staying in the hotel, Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. playing. I believe Jeff Horn does that. Yep. He does all the programming Um, and it's all weekend long. I don't turn on anything but that. I rarely look at my phone because I just, when I'm interacting with people, I just don't, I'm not that, I just don't do it. I don't really look at my phone too much. Mm -hmm. 
So I don't see all the news stories going on. I don't see Clancy all the says that literally as I'm looking at my phone uh, right now. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> um, you jerk. Like I start saying it, I look down. I'm like, he is. He's looking at his phone as I'm saying this. But uh, but anyway, it's just that thing where it's like there there are only so many. It's it's hard to escape anymore. You know. True. True. And every year that I'm at G Fest, it's nothing but G Fest from the moment it starts to the moment it ends. And it isn't until you see that first outside of G-Fest thing where something weasels its way into your eye from your Facebook feed or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it's not the end of the world, but that's when you just come out of it and you're just like, wow, I really wasn't paying attention to the world yeah, all weekend. And it's so refreshing. It's yeah. just that getting that, it's the true escape. An escape. An escape into the future. Into that dimension we've never seen. All of you, join me in escape. Sure, sure. Getting out of the world into something else. Absolutely. Man, especially, I mean, I'm not going to get into politics because I don't like to do that on the show, but man, this year has been rough. I'd say for everybody. It's been rough for everybody. So having a weekend respite to go and just completely shut out the rest of the world is completely deserved, in my opinion. For everybody at that convention. Man, I just had such a good time that weekend. And uh, I can't wait until next year. Let's talk about next year for a second. Yeah. Here's what we're doing, Clancy. We're putting it on the books right now. Jeff Horn, if you're listening, one of the things that the Japanese guests get told, they don't have like a, a word for interview panel. Mm-hmm. They say talk show. Let's do a Kaiju Cast talk show. <laughs> and we don't have to have the Japanese guests on. Or do we, Jeff? I don't know. Tim, <laughs> help me out here. But I think that for the 10th anniversary of the Kaiju Cast, we should have a special live episode. And we're going to start making like guest requests and start like basically coming up with the ideas for that hour long live episode. I think we won't have to do any pickle ginger. <laughs> but <laughs> no, we should definitely no have something cool happen. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I am up for it. And I mean, honestly, I'm ar- I I was already thinking about that going out of the weekend mm-hmm. and just thinking about Kaiju Cast 10th anniversary. Um everything that's amazing about G-Fest will happen again. True, true. But I do want to make it special for those purposes. So who are we going to harass into going to Chicago? I kind of feel like Martin should be there. That would be good. Martin should be there. Definitely Gretchen, you, Rachel. Can we get Jeff? I was going to say, I feel like we're forgetting someone who should be there. I don't know how we're going to make it happen. We might just have to throw a burlap sack over his head or at least kidnap Drusilla and (laughs) take her to the hotel and say, there's only one way you're getting her back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is one of those things like I I know it's almost a pipe dream for me to say I want to do a kaiju cast with my freaking co-hosts, you know, like I want to have you guys there to do an actual show in front of a crowd of people, you know, and like basically, yeah, like a a kaiju cast. We're going to make it happen. Basically, Jeff Horn did not say no when I asked him (laughs) earlier (laughs) last weekend or whatever. 
but we shall see. Well, why don't we close out this program? If you found the KaijuCast through iTunes or some other podcast directory and want to point your web browser to KaijuCast.com to see everything that we have done, everything that we basically do at the KaijuCast, it's all there up on the website, KaijuCast.com. Please do check out the show notes. That's where we post relevant information, links to stuff we talk about in the podcast. And while you're at it, why not subscribe to the KaijuCast? It is a lovely way for you to automatically get episodes delivered to your favorite podcatching device. Uh, we're going to go ahead and close the show out with a track from Godzilla vs. Heavy Metal. This is called Total Monster Advance. It is also known as the Destroy All Monsters Medley, track three if you're paying attention. We will see you for the next episode, which will be a Daikaiju discussion episode on the newest Godzilla anime film, Godzilla City on the Edge of Battle. Until then, Jamata. Yeah.